0: Hello. Hello. Hey, Alan. How's it going, Dave?
1: Not too bad. How are you?
0: I'm quite all right. How, uh, how's life on the road?
1: Well, it's fun as ever and as gruey and crazy as ever, and it doesn't get any easier, but it's been a fun tour. We're touring with English Beat. It's a cool bill because the bands aren't, you know, identical in style or whatever. Yeah, we've had some great shows so far, and we've got about five weeks left to go.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, how, how did this particular bill come about? I, I, I can't figure out the connection. As, as you just said, there, you really couldn't be any more different.
1: It's really weird because last summer we did a tour with the Meat Puppets, which was great. Old friends and we've been playing gigs with them forever. The summer before that, we did the Summerland tour with Everclear and Eve Six and Space Hog. And we were kind of trying to get away from getting lumped in with the 90s band kind of stigma and I thought we would go the other way but instead we found a band that's been around even longer than us (laughs) and they got Chuck from my record label explained to me that ska is timeless music and it brings in people of all ages and that's something I hadn't really thought about but it's kind of true if there's another ska band on the bill it's a little lopsided and I feel like we should be playing ska music too (laughs) yeah just been saying by the end of this tour I'm either going to never want hear ska music again or I'm going to be playing in a ska band. They're trying to get me to sit in on trumpet and I'm looking forward to that if I can pull it off.
0: Now, you were saying they've been around for a long time and you didn't want to get grouped into the 90s group because you guys have been around for even longer than that. You started in the early 80s. How is being in a band different now than it was either from those two time periods or is it all the same? Is it the same sort of dramas and everything?
1: Oddly, it's kind of a combination of the two things. I mean, we've sort of figured out how to do what we do we're kind of doing a lot of stuff ourselves obviously the biggest difference is the internet and how that's sort of dismantled the music industry we struggle to adapt to it, and I'm a bit of a Luddite and a technophobe, and I'm not great with the internet. We're able to make records with our experience, and we're able to use the new technology to get a lot more bang for our buck, so we don't go to New York or L.A. and spend three months in a studio on $800,000. We spend a lot less money than that and get, I think, just as good or better results, just from kind of the combination of experience and having this technology where we can go cut the basic tracks in a studio and then kind of do our background vocals in our own basement studios and things like that so yeah so it does sometimes remind me of sort of the do-it-yourself ethic that we sort of grew up being a part of we don't do a lot of high fashion photo shoots anymore which I don't miss very much <laughs> it's good to be busy my joke is just it's good work if you can get it and I'm just glad I'm doing it you know
0: that's great yeah everything really just sort of comes full circle.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Now, you guys, obviously, you're from Minneapolis, and the big story this year uh, was the uh-huh. death of Prince. And it seemed like everybody that we spoke to, whether they came from Minneapolis or not, just in the music world, had a Prince story, something unique. Did Did you ever encounter him or his scene or anything like that? I have the
1: distinction of having a drummer in my band that was playing with Prince for quite some time. So to that effect, I'm a little bit closer to maybe what the real deal is instead of what Rumors are about But yeah Over the years We worked at Paisley Park A lot So I'd run into him In the hallways And stuff And I ran into him Backstage At a Sheryl Crow gig I did kind of get To talk to him For a while And tell him How much he meant to the Minneapolis music scene to me and how much he put it on the map and he did that look where he gets really shy and has a full kind of smile like he gave me one of those and that was kind of it felt good to be able to tell him that while he was still around and it was just a huge shock for everyone I don't think anybody saw that coming Michael my drummer was doing Prince tributes and yeah I mean the whole city was kind of grieving and in shock and still kind of coming to grips with it I think.
0: I mean the whole world really it really happened to everybody it was it was real crazy you're absolutely right it's just shocking and no one saw it coming you you, you summed it up perfectly
1: close to david bowie's death too it just seems crazy i was still doing david bowie tributes when the prince tribute started happening and i also had been booked into alex chilton tribute in california at the same time it does get Kind of frightening as far as how much time is passing. You know, then Muhammad Ali drops dead, and you're really starting to wonder where all the years have gone or whatever. It's cool to learn some of these people's music and play in tribute to them because it does give you this feeling of you're getting very intimate with their material by learning how to play it and studying the lyrics and the chords and all that. Yeah, it makes you feel like you're carrying it on in, in all the right sort of ways.
0: Now, so you're coming Friday night. You're coming to the Ridgeville Playhouse. It's Soul Asylum and the English Beat. You can get tickets now at richfieldplayhouse.org. What can we expect on stage Friday night?
1: Sure. turning into kind of a fine-tuned machine. I think when the tour starts off, you're a little rusty, and you kind of try to find your groove, and that's kind of happening now. Michael, the drummer, makes the set lists, and he's changing them up every night, and I kind of never know what he's going to throw in there, which makes it kind of interesting.
0: Oh, that's wacky.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a pacing thing, and he's extremely, extremely musical. He has perfect pitch, which is amazing to me. So he's a drummer that will sit behind the drum set and yell over the sound of his drums if somebody's hitting a wrong note and he'll yell the right note at them. So they'll be going, Hey! See! (laughs) And, you know, it's amazing to me that he can know what every note the bass player is supposed to be playing. And to that effect, he comes from a little bit of a different world where they had something called a musical director like in Michael Jackson's band or Madonna's band or whoever. I would never heard of a musical director before. It is kind of a role that he fulfills as far as just defer to him a lot. Yeah, he knows how it's set Should be paced, and he's probably paying attention to how the audience is reacting more than I am because I just got I got too much going on. (laughs) It's cool. He'll put the songs together by key signatures and all kinds of stuff that I just don't really think about that much. It's fun for me to see what he's gonna put in the set and have a couple surprises. It keeps me on my toes, you know.
0: And that's got to be fun for the audience because nowadays you can always look up, you know, set lists online. You can just see what and if it's the same set list for somebody you're going to see every single night well you can't be surprised because you've already looked it up so that's that's even cooler
1: yeah michael has also reacted to that too i mean i think a couple summers ago we might have been playing the same set a lot i think he looks at facebook or whatever and sees what people are missing or what they want to hear and he
0: reacts to that too and you certainly don't want to make the internet mad No. (laughs) (laughs) I always like to ask this question to anybody when they're coming through. What is the first thing that pops in your mind, the first thing you think of whenever you hear Connecticut?
1: Whenever I hear Connecticut, I think of Toad's Place, and that's probably not in Connecticut.
0: No, Toad's Place is. It's in New Haven.
1: Yes. Well, I got it right. And for some reason, I think of a JFK accent. Okay. (laughs) When my kid played video games, there was a JFK voice in there, and he was very, very young. And he didn't know he was impersonating that kind of an accent. (laughs) So, I don't know. It makes me me look forward to coming there and playing. That's mostly what it makes me think of.
0: Awesome. I love it. So, Dave Berner, Soul Asylum, they're on tour right now. They're coming with the English beat to the Ridgefield Playhouse this Friday night. Ridgefield Playhouse playhouse.org. Dave, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate your time.